0: mom to mom Podcast. We're three generations of moms who've experienced nearly every season of motherhood. Of course, we don't have all the answers, but you can be sure that we'll always point you to the one who does. We're pouring a cup of coffee and we're chatting motherhood today. Pull up a chair. We're
1: really glad you're here. Well, welcome back friends, it's summer, school is out and now it's your chance mama to take a little me time. You've been making lunches, carpooling, driving your kids to soccer or ballet or violin lessons or whatever your children might be interested in every week for months. So not having to drive endlessly every day is a blessing. However, summer can become just as busy as the school year. I mean, driving to camp or VBS, doctor's appointments, parties, a myriad of different activities, depending on the ages of your kiddos. Now, in the summer, our kids get a break from school and the daily grind, but moms are still moms doing all the mom things only moms can do. And they're expected to. I mean, we don't really get the option to slack off, but I'm hoping you'll have some time to yourself over the next couple of months, time to relax, maybe outside at a pool or the beach, or lake, or in the mountains. Maybe you'll even have the opportunity to get away with your husband for a few days. Phew, no carpool lines for two months. And if you homeschool, no lessons to think about for weeks. But there are lots of tips to help make your summer go smoothly. And today, Jamie Erickson, September McCarthy, and I are chatting about how to take care of yourself in the in-between yet still busy season before the crazy kicks back in in the fall. So, girls, let me ask you the summer is the season where hopefully all the busy moms can sleep a little later, enjoy long days outside with the kids, explore new places, and go on adventures while at the same time taking time away for your own sanity. You two both have bigger families than I did, so schedules, I imagine, are all important. How important or necessary is it to maintain schedules in your home, or can you just wing it all summer long? And thinking ahead, What would you like life to look like by the end of summer?
2: Hey, Kate and Jamie, you know, I'm so glad we're talking about this because I'm a schedule girl and, you know, schedules are important and the only way for, you know, the 24 plus people that I kind of manage and micromanage here at this um, crazy house, um, the only way for us to function is to manage some sense of schedule, even through the summer, but you know, I want my kids to enjoy their free time too. And I have my own goals and bucket lists as well. So for me, the key is to find a nice balance of accomplishing two in one. You know, I love to hike, and the kids need more exercise, and they love going to the park. So we go together, we go to bike trails, hiking paths, and we just do those things together. So they get what they need, and I get what I want. And let's think of meals. For example, I use the time in the summer to fit in the kitchen and the meal training, um, teaching, you know, my kids don't realize that's what I'm doing. I get a break. They're learning. And even further than that, I simplify summer meals. I lower the expectations in this whole area. Um, you know, I have, snacks that I have the kids prep and available. We cook less, we eat more fresh. That's another way that we simplify. And this is for summer, you know, when we're home in the winter, we're kind of stuck in the house. We do more cooking, more baking. We put on a few extra pounds, but in the summer, you know, this gives us the freedom to eat a little bit more healthy. Um, I allow my kids to attend more VBS and camps and things like that. I can drive them there, low gas costs, um, easy drop-offs. Another way that we simplify is I instill a new reading and reward incentive for the kids. So that gives them um, something fun to do. And it's kind of like a sneaky way for mom to get their kids to read. Um, I keep that one hour quiet time sacred all year long. So summer does not change that for, for me in my home.
1: What's that one hour quiet time, September? That sounds that sounds good.
2: Yeah, every day from the time my kids are little, like even toddlers, babies, as soon as they can um, sit up and have a book in their lap or a quiet time activity, we start with like five minutes and then we increment up to 10. And now, you know, by the time they're, they are, uh, you know, I'd say maybe... 6 to 10 and I'm definitely older than that. It's one hour every day after lunch that they read and it gives me the liberty to maybe grab my shower or to read myself or to do something that I need to do like record a podcast. And so um it's just one hour every day of quiet time and it brings the the maybe the conflict, the stress the high adrenaline in my home down, you know, it kind of quiets us down. And even in the summer, you know, we do this, but it it may be after a full day at the local beach or the local park. It's not necessarily right after lunch, but we fit it in, um, whether it's right before dinner. And that is like a sanity tip. I highly recommend for any mom, even if you have teenagers. Um, another thing I do is I find sitters and I go to the um, gym when I can, I create a new, craft area for the kids with like recyclables. I just let them go at it. I buy tape and I say, have fun, build what you want. Um, Here's another thing I do. I allow them to earn extra money and I have a list of jobs that they can choose from. Those are the projects that I want done all year long that they can do. I assign a monetary amount to it. They get to pick it. They get extra money for spending when we go on vacation or for something in summer that they've been wanting to get. And I get those house projects done. So we just try to make it fun. But those are some sanity savers for me.
1: That's great. That is motherhood gold right there, y'all. So take what, up, just rewind and write down everything she just said, because those are great tips. Jamie, what about you?
0: Well, I love the idea of the hour um, sort of sabbatical pinned into your day. We, we did something similar when my kids were really little. We don't do it as much anymore because I think they have um, the attention span to do some of those things on their own now, and it doesn't have to be line item by me. But when they were little, I used to do this thing called the discovery basket, and I write about it a lot in my book, Homeschool Bravely. But What it is is I got a huge basket at a thrift shop or yard sale or something, and every week I would fill it with things that they wouldn't necessarily just be able to play with any old time. They were usually things that cultivated curiosity and snuck in some learning. So I'd go to the library and get some of those big sort of Usborne books with lots of pictures and lots of explanation, or maybe some card games, maybe some audiobooks. They were always things that could be done solo because what I wanted was quiet. And when you paired two kids together, you never got that. So, um, when they were little, I'd, I'd say, okay, it's time for our discovery basket time. And they had to go to the basket and pick two things out of the basket and then find a different room in the house. You couldn't be in the same room as anyone else. And you sat and you did your quiet activity. And when, when we first got started, you know, they weren't used to it. So I had to set a timer for just like five, 10 minutes to just start the habit of being able to occupy yourself for these 10 minutes and do these quiet things. And then every couple of days, I'd add five more minutes to the time until it was around an hour. Now we kind of just do that naturally. And so we don't do the basket per se, but the the idea is still in place. I also think I'm not much of a schedule person as in like during this hour at nine o'clock, we're going to be doing this thing. And at 10 o'clock, we're going to be doing that thing. And I'm not that way all year long. I don't even have that kind of schedule during the school year. I operate best with rhythms, um, meaning we have certain benchmarks in the day that happen maybe around the same time every day, but, um, they're not so rigid. They're not assigned to a particular spot on the timeline. And those benchmarks just kind of help us uh, know what comes next in the day and the flow of the day. So we still have benchmarks in the summer; they just might look a little bit different. We, you know, we get up and we have our morning routine in the summer, and then maybe um, somewhere in that mid-range time between breakfast and lunch, we have that quiet time established. And then after lunch, we always read aloud together. So there's some things that I put in place in the day that are like benchmarks and you can always count on them so that we have a little bit of structure, but it's not so structured that we can't also just have free play and explore and kind of live the 1980s childhood that I so wish and hope for my children to have.
1: (laughs) I love that. I love the basket idea. That is great. That's wonderful, wonderful stuff. Um, And I mean, I think schedules are important because in the summer, it's easy to stay in your PJs all day or get stuck in front of the TV or the computer. So there needs to be some consistency in what we're doing each day, but but it's summer and you want your life to be slightly more relaxed, but it's still important for your children to have accountability and responsibility. So just because...
0: I've been told I'm a kidlit snob. And you know, I don't disagree. I am a kidlit snob. But why not? When the majority of conservative and even Christian book lists contain a very popular middle grade collection about dragons that includes a large amount of crass and cruel language, gratuitous violence, the support of ungodly themes like post-birth abortions, racial injustice, and genocide, someone has to speak up. Did I mention that in book 13 of that same series, the author introduces a sexual agenda that is contrary to scripture? Well, it does. I wish I could say that this is a rare exception in the kids' section of the public library, but it's not. The truth is, more and more middle-grade writers are being pressured by certain organizations to include specific political, social, and sexual agendas in the final books of their otherwise clean series— in order to begin grooming children without parental knowledge. This means that even the most conscientious parent might find their vetting efforts being thwarted when they approve of a series after reading the first few books, only to later discover that the subsequent books don't align with their values. As a Christian writer, an avid reader, the host of a biweekly tween and teen book club, a former children's librarian at a megachurch and a teacher Who spent the past 21 years helping kids discover great books, both in and out of the classroom, I'd love to curate a stack of books just for your kids. That's why I've created The Bibliophiles, a membership community of like-minded parents dedicated to keeping the literary wolves at bay. When you join The Bibliophiles, you'll receive a monthly email filled with age-appropriate books that I've personally read and hand-selected a few trending books that have content you might want to be aware of, and occasionally a title selected just for you, Mama. Each quarter, you'll also receive a bonus-themed list filled with titles curated with one topic in mind, like The Civil War, Friendships, Pets, or Christmas. Additionally, you'll be able to link arms with other parents in our private Facebook group where you can ask about specific titles your kids are interested in, share books that you yourself have been reading, and learn about new literary trends and vetting tips. As parents, we are the gatekeepers of our kids. Just as we lock our doors to prevent intruders from entering and physically harming our family, we can be equally as vigilant when it comes to the thieves who would love to enter their minds and steal away their innocence through the books that they read. To find out more or to join the Bibliophiles community, head to jamieerickson.com backslash Bibliophiles. Most adults would never let a toddler play by a swimming pool unattended. And yet, every day, so many tweens and teens have unfettered access to smartphones. Why is that? If I were to guess, it's because as parents, we want to be able to get a hold of our kids and provide a way for them to get a hold of us. We see a smartphone as a way to keep them safe. Ironically, according to the most recent data from the National Library of Medicine, smartphones are actually doing the very opposite. Researchers have concluded that as culture continues to toss tweens and teens into the deep end of the internet with no life raft, the number of teens showing signs of depression has risen by 33% and teen suicides by 31% what if I told you there was a way to keep in contact with your kids while also keeping them safe from the harmful effects of the Internet well there is it's called the gab phone with a gab phone your kids can call text and take pictures but the devices aren't connected to the Internet in any way now with the new gab plus they can stream kids safe music Send images and participate in group texts with additional options for parent enabled apps, too. And yet, still no internet access. That means that you can send your tween or teen out the door to after school jobs, sports practice, or youth group and rest a bit easier, knowing you can get a hold of them and they can get a hold of you. You can keep them both physically and emotionally safe. To learn more or to snag a Gab phone or watch for your tweener teen, head to Gab.com and use promo code mom to mom at checkout. That's g-a-b dot com, promo code M-O-M-T-O-M-O-M at checkout.
1: School's out doesn't mean they're off the hook. Chores... They still need to be done, um, but let's talk about our personal time with the Lord. How is it? How important is it to maintain during the summertime? Do you, either of you have any tips to share on how you maintain that time once school is out and the children are home? I mean, I know we talked about quiet time with them doing their reading, but what about your personal time with the Lord?
2: Well, I like to think of it like this: like we have to be flexible all year long when it comes to being a mom and this area even more specifically in the summer for me is where I have to remember that. Um, so I just remind myself every summer, these three simple words, switch it up. I remember that when my kids were little, you know, everything was very unpredictable. I still have young children, but not babies. And and it's still like that when it comes to my personal time with the Lord in the summer, I can't, I cannot expect uh, the same routine with a different schedule. And so summer um, provides me an opportunity to switch it up. So I try to find pockets of time during the day that are available. And rather than remembering that God just needs that set time. Now this is for me, that structured set time, maybe for some moms getting up earlier than everyone else is the same all year long, but for family like mine when there are a lot of different um work schedules and grandchildren staying over and even young ones in the home um there really is no predictable time for me to say well this is going to work because my schedule is really rotating around everyone else's at the season of my life so what i've done is i have a small devotional bag that i keep um, handy. And so when we go to the park, I grab my bag. When we are on the deck, I take my Bible and whatever I'm working through my notebook, um, back on the deck. Um, if we go to the beach, I grab my devotional bag. If we're in the car and the kids are walking or if they're playing on the swing set, I do it there. Um, so for my family though, I like to use new devotional personal time, um, family time, ideas for the summer. I really try to switch that up. So outside of my personal time when it comes to my family Bible time, I try to do something new. And you know, I can remember specifically one time I told the kids this week, every morning we're gonna pack up the car. I want your new sketchbook, your um watercolor pencils, and your Bible. And we went to, we live in the Finger Lakes area. Beautiful, beautiful. We went to the edge of the lake and I had them draw. Um, what they could see. They all sat in a different section and I had them all face different parts of the lake and the hills and they all drew what they could see. And then we did some Bible memory and some singing. People walked by and they could hear us. And I just remember thinking, this is exactly what summer's for. It's about flexibility and showing the kids that God can meet us anywhere. And it's like that for us as moms too. He's He's there waiting for us and it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be structured. Amen. What about you, Jamie?
0: I love that idea, September, of, of remembering that um, it doesn't have to be structured. I think so often we get hung up on the idea of like morning devotions or quiet time. Sometimes it's not in the morning and sometimes, quite frankly, it's not quiet. Um, I think we let ourselves off the hook and give ourselves a lot of grace when we can just dismiss those labels that we put on it and just choose to embrace it for what it is and be, be flexible. And remember that the Lord is just excited to spend time with us and be with us. And it's not this rigid checklist that we have to, you know, check off to make count. I think for me, a rigid fall schedule really helps make it easier to stay committed to, like you said, kind of a a particular time every day, but then, you know, in the summer, I don't have that rigid fall and winter schedule. And so I do have to be more flexible, but I always look at summer as a time to sort of pay it forward to myself. Meaning I don't have a lot of time in the fall and in the winter because we do homeschool to formulate new things like new plans, new schedules, new ways of doing things. So in the summer, that's the perfect time to try something new and to mix it up or establish a new routine. And so this summer, especially, I'm gonna be starting a new devotional that I've been looking forward to. It's on the minor prophets. And let me tell you, girls, I took minor prophets in college and it really... Uh, bruised and battered me. I was not ready for it. So I'm looking forward to a second go go-round at it. I, I grabbed a devotional. I'll put the link in the show notes if you're interested in seeing what I'm going to be doing, but I'm going to be just mixing it up. It's something new. I think it'll add a little bit of excitement and re-energize my time with the Lord. Um, and it's just a way that I can pay it forward to myself so that I can head into fall feeling really refreshed and renewed and, and recommitted to um, just that time spent with, with God.
1: I think that's great. You don't, I think we, we do want to be careful not to get rigid or inflexible, yet quiet time with the Lord still has to be a priority at some point during the day. You work it in how you can, because things change in the summer. They just do. But if you can do something, you're going to let your children see how important that time is to you by modeling what it looks like. And, and I mean, you can have them join in depending on their ages. I think hopefully in the summertime, your morning isn't as rushed and hectic as it can be during the school year. So it might give you a little more time to start doing some Bible study with your kids. I mean, probably not the minor prophets if they're little, but something that we can do that, that will get them starting to think this is a daily habit. This is something I need to be building into my own life as well. So, um, Thinking about that and involving your kids, how much do you each involve your children in making the summer plans? What are some strategies that you use to get them involved?
2: Oh, I love this because every year at the end of the school year, I, right before school ends, because everyone's kind of weary, you know, like oh, it's almost over. We're counting the days, just to propel them forward a little. Um, this is what I do. I have my kids sit down, and I have them each make a bucket list. So if they're little, we help them. Sometimes it's I'll um, take a eight by ten piece of paper and I'll fold it so there's eight to sixteen squares, and I have them draw a picture of the things that they'd like to do this summer. So it could be um, a fish, go fishing. It could be the beach. It could be waves, you know, so they're drawing a picture in each of those squares. As they get older, they're able to make their own little summer bucket list. And so to help guide them, because, you know, they could write anything they want on there. There could be the Eiffel Tower. We're not going to go to Paris. So I give them parameters and, and categories like this. I say, so pick a category of fun, something you'd like to do for fun. Um, so learning something adventurous, something that has to do with art, uh, reading, something that has to do with friends, something that has to do with family, um, memories, maybe some physical challenges, um, and and so on. And I pick things that I know will have a nice mix of learning, because I'm sneaky like that, and fun, and then they each make this bucket list, and then we call a family meeting, And we all sit down and we talk about our bucket lists and we see what we can do to make it a family activity, like taking all those lists and maybe putting them into one great summer. And when I have them make this list, my kids, you know, growing up in our home, this list is not elaborate. It's really basically a lot of their lists are the same. And I'll notice some of them have some special things. And there, one of them might say saving for a camera, wanting to start a scrapbook. Another one might be, you know, want to learn how to play tennis or something. It might be something different for each one, but a lot of the things are the same have a friend over, have a movie night on the deck, have a um, lightning bug catching night with my friends. You know, you just don't know what they're going to have, but those are small, inexpensive um, activities. And so to make our summer plans, we just have this family meeting and we map it out, we get a calendar, and that's what we do. We just do it as a family.
0: I wish we were that traditional September. I, I have a hard time sticking to one thing for any length of time, I think in years past, we we did do bucket lists. One year I I had them all write down things similar to that and put them all on popsicle sticks. And then I put them in a big old pickle jar and we decorated the jar. And then every day somebody could draw out a popsicle stick and we do that thing. Other years in the past, we've done where I sort of pick some themes based on their suggestions. I always ask for their input because I want them to be able to um, enjoy the summer and you know, I only have 18 summers with them, so I want to milk it for all it's worth. Um, so I always ask them, but oftentimes, like you said, a lot of their suggestions overlap. So I look for themes in there, like spending time with friends or going on camping trips and try to honor at least the themes, even if I can't honor everything on the list. Um, in in other years, I've just decided this is going to be the summer of And I pick a thing like a few summers ago, it was the summer of board games. So every single day without fail in that summer, we stopped in the middle of the day, whatever we were doing. And we played a board game together, something that we do often in the, in the fall and the winter, but sometimes it just gets sloughed to the side because we're just so busy. So, um, especially in the heat of the day, when it's too hot to be outside, it's nice to just come in for an hour and play a quiet board game. Another summer, it was the summer of the beach and I determined that once a week we would get to the beach and just have a lazy afternoon at the beach. Yeah. I don't have too many like hard and fast traditions about summer. I think it just depends on the season of life. And as my kids get older, things have to change. And so they're not really all that excited about, you know, making goop on the patio or swimming in the little kiddie pool, but they're interested in other things. So I think the key is to just always start the summer and ask them, what are some things you would like to do? And, and hopefully, I can honor at least a handful of those.
1: I think that's great. And, and I love tasking the kids to come up with their ideas. I love that because then we're going to fulfill some of their dreams as well. So that's, I love that for both of you. Those are great ideas. Um, so all families have different budgets. What are some economical ways we can take care of ourselves during the summer, mom time, without breaking the bank?
2: You know, because our budget, you know, our personal family is spread over many, many people. We work hard to make memories without having any funds attached. I mean, that's something I've had to literally train myself. That's not how I grew up. Um, And so I don't think my kids think twice about it, but, you know, every family home has a different culture of um, what entertainment or what fun looks like. But we do allow our family, um, our kids to pick a week at camp. Um, so they get to pick a camp that they'd like to attend and whether it's a fine arts camp or a real camp camp or a sports camp. So they each get a week of camp and, and I save through that, um, through the year for that. We have a lot of special things we do that, do, that do have, uh, you know, a monetary dollar amount attached, but. We do a lot of entertaining at our home, which is very inexpensive. And the kids, you know, that's fun. We can't do that all year long here. So that's a special summer thing. We do a lot of outdoor hiking and swimming and biking. And, you know, that does not have um, require a budget, you know, nature never costs a dime. God's creation doesn't cost us money and family time doesn't cost a dime. And so, you know, those, that's how we focus on our summer. And I, I like to make moments special. So you can make a very cheap moment, very special without it costing you something. Um, whether it's, you know, a journal, you know, take a journal with you and let's write about it and submit it to the newspaper and then get featured. You know, I just try to think really creatively around something to make it very special because special does not always equal money. And I want my kids to grow up remembering that. So I think creativity is a big thing, but um, yeah, it's fun. It's fun to try new things like that.
0: I think for me, self-care, when it comes to myself, um, like I said, I try to pay it forward to myself in the summer. And I think every personality is different. So some moms like to um, go and get their nails done or go to the salon or a spa. That's just not me. That, that doesn't jazz me up or fill me up in any way. So I think you have to consider your own personality as well as your budget and your family dynamics. But for me, pouring into myself in the summer actually means um, paying it forward to myself in order that my fall and my, my winter are not crazy busy So yes, I like to relax in the summer, obviously, but I think summer just brings its own speed, its own tempo that, that kind of equals relaxation. Um, I often try to plan things so that I'm doing something that fills me up, but I can also bring my kids along too. For instance they want to go to the beach. Sure, let's go to the beach, but I'm going to invite a friend who has kids and then therefore my kids and their kids will be playing and I can sit on the beach and chat with my friend. Um, that might mean I, I take my kids to the park, but I'm going to bring along a book and sit on the bench and read it. So they're occupied and they're playing, but I'm getting filled doing the thing that I love. I think most of the time though in the summer, again, I'm just Doing things in preparation, kind of like a squirrel, squirreling away things for myself so that when fall and the craziness of fall and winter hit, I'm not um, in a tizzy. So I do a lot of meal plan and prep in the summer, and we actually have an episode coming up that talks about that, so you'll want to stay tuned for that and look forward to that. Um, I do a lot of school prep. I plan out my entire school year in the summer so that way on day one I know exactly where I'm going and I don't have to expel mental energy in the school year trying to think of the next thing. It's already done for me. I plan all of our co-op activities um, and like September, I budget for those things. So all year long, if there's something that I want to do in the summer and I know I'm going to need some money in order to do it, like meal prep, having some extra money to buy extra food in the summer to prepare and freeze away, or even just getting my kids involved in something like a summer sport. I'm squirreling away money all year long in a special bank account, that's our summer account, that when summer hits and now all of a sudden we have these extra fees and and. And financial burdens, it's not a burden because I've already planned for it and put the money away.
1: That's great. Great idea. That's something we all need to think about during the year. That's excellent. So, ladies, do you ever find it hard to give yourself a break? I mean, does guilt ever creep in or you feel like you have to be available every moment for your children all summer long? Or is it okay to just take some me time once in a while? And if so, what are some practical ways that moms can do that?
2: You know when i switched my thinking from i need to what i want um some are changed for all of us um, the kids they realize that they don't need every waking moment filled with activity they don't need that um they may think that they want it that they want to be doing this and want to be doing that but um they are need free and that allows me more time to have more time to myself and i think you know i was thinking about this a lot and i think if i look back and i allowed myself to listen to someone who had so many years of mothering of experience when i when i think back of my 27 years of mothering it's not that i've changed It's that I wished I would have listened to someone with that much experience. And yes, that I wish I had taken the time because taking time for ourselves is necessary and it is healthy. And the number one thing I know now that I did not know then is that my kids will thank me. They will thank me when I take time for myself and and I don't feel bad about it. You know, it's hard. It's mentally hard to step away and to do it. But when I come back, my kids thank me. They're like, wow, mom, you seem so happy and you're so refreshed and so rested. And I'm like, why did I ever feel bad about this? Um, so, you know, it's uh, something that I recommend and I tell mom, tell moms, let summer let summer meet your needs also, you know, if that's your time, that's your break also, even if your kids are around. So, uh, you know, I hope this episode today has been an encouragement to moms to find a way to do that. And some simple ways that I've done that for me, myself are to, um, make sure that I have a good stock of books that I want to read through the summer. I like to make sure that I fit in a walk every, every single morning. I make myself get up because I know I won't regret it. Um, I go out to coffee with a friend once a week in the summer, even if my kids are there playing with them, these are just some very practical ways. And one thing that I love is to try some new recipes. I love to cook, um, healthy meals for my family and I don't have time to get really creative with my menu in the school year because I'm so busy. So I take my summer to try new recipes and look around. Um, and I have that time. That's my me time. That's how I find time to not, and I don't feel bad about it.
0: Yeah, I think one of the things we need to remember as moms is that self-care adds to your home, even if it looks like it just adds to you, because you're able to bring refreshment. You, you come back to your home and, and the people in it refreshed and renewed and ready to give them your 100%. Um, I think there's so much guilt that we put on ourselves for just taking a few minutes, even, you know, once a week for ourselves. I think summer is a great time to do that. Well, I was raised in the eighties, like I said, and my mom, I, I think I can count on one hand the times that she like planned a fun summer craft for us or, um, had this big long day long agenda. And that's not to say that she failed as a mom. My mom was awesome. And I had a wonderful childhood, even though she didn't play activities director every single day. She didn't carry her clipboard around dictating every minutia of our day and have, um, a very specific agenda to manage every minute. And, and I need to remember that because I think I'm parenting in a time where moms feel the pressure, the Pinterest pressure of making every moment so magical and wonderful and memorable. And if we don't do that, oh, our kids are going to grow up and they're going to have to seek counseling because we failed them. But really and truly, I, I want to give my kids the same 1980s childhood that I had where, you know, my mom opened the door and said, okay, go outside and play. And there wasn't a big agenda. And And I think in sort of micromanaging every moment and, and playing activities director, like on a cruise ship, you're actually crippling your kids in some ways because you're robbing them of their abilities to maybe problem solve and Organize and lead in their peer group. You're robbing them of chances to make decisions and to just play and create, get bored enough to try something new and discover. So I think in letting your kids just have a really free 1980s summer, you're freeing your own schedule up to be able to fit in some of the things that you've wanted to do all year long. And you don't have to carry any guilt over it.
1: I love that, Jamie. I agree. I mean, I grew up in the 60s. So I, I mean, this is a while ago. But I remember my mom would open the door, we would go out and we didn't come home till dinnertime. Well, I guess we came home at lunch, but we were out all day and where we were was safe. And I don't know that that would be wise in today's world. But Back then, you just would be out all day long playing with your friends and with the group in your neighborhood, and it was wonderful, and we could be creative, we could come up with our own games, we could do all those things that, that today, I think you're right, you know, we didn't have Pinterest back then, so there wasn't that same kind of pressure that there is today to everything has to be mapped out and perfect, it really doesn't, but um, just thinking about some of the things that moms can do to have a little bit of me time. I mean, how about just a hot bath at night? After those kids are in bed, take that time for yourself or a cool shower if it's a really hot day, or just take a nap or do something fun like make popsicles or you know whatever is, is a summery fun thing. And another thing you can do is swap with another mom so maybe you can have an afternoon off to do something by yourself. You take her kids one day, she takes yours the next. And if you're married, see if your husband will take care of the kids so maybe you can have a Saturday morning. To do something that refreshes you and renews you, maybe you just get to go to the coffee shop by yourself. And if he's a really good guy, he'll give you a nice weekend in a hotel all by yourself, so you can sleep in. Order surface. service—that's not possible for a lot of us. But you know, just anything—even that our husbands can do to help—just lessen a little bit of the of the the work that's involved. Even in the summertime, even in the fun, there's still a lot of there's still a lot we have to do as moms so i think it's it's a good idea to to just get with our husbands as well and get some of their ideas of what can they do to help help us because they're still typically going to be going to work during the day and doing the same thing they do
0: and i'd add to that kate to to put it on the schedule i think if yeah. you don't actually write it down and say you know this tuesday i'm taking an hour to go to the coffee shop or hang out with a friend you know you matter too. And so pencil yourself into your own life. And if you don't write it down, it won't get done. So if you have a husband uh, who's willing to take that on and and send you out the door for an hour, especially if you have little ones and it's not as easy to slip away, write it down in ink on the schedule, because (laughs) then you'll be committed to doing it.
1: Absolutely. It's important. I mean, we have to, because I forget which one of you said that when when mom is refreshed and relaxed, the kids are going to appreciate that. What's that expression? If mom's not happy, then nobody's happy. But if mom's happy and relaxed, everything just flows a little more smoothly. So I think it's a very important thing that we do take find some time during the week to take a little bit of time for yourself. Hopefully you can do that all year long, not just in the summer. So to wrap it up, we are mothers, but we aren't super women and we're not supposed to be. But when you are recharged, you'll be better able to cope with the issues that are bound to come up during the summer because when mom is happy, everybody's happy. Now, I hope you'll leave us a comment with some of your strategies on how to make summertime a smooth and happy transition. I know you all are smart and you've got some great ideas and some tips that can help all of us. So let us know some of your favorite tips and tricks to take some me time and maintain your sanity during the summertime. Also, we would be deeply honored if you'd subscribe to the Mom to Mom podcast rate us and leave us a review. It really helps get the word out and helps other moms find us. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. So thank you so much for joining us today and have a wonderful summer.